Welcome to Freestyle Thoughts, a dance podcast. I'm your host, Anna. This is episode six. Today, we're talking about Lunar New Year. Okay, guys, before I get into this episode, you might notice, or maybe you won't, but I got a new mic, guys. <laughs> Yay! But on to the meat of the episode. Happy Lunar New Year, er, almost, I believe. I am not sure if this is releasing on Lunar New Year or not, but I tried, guys. But it is the year of the dragon, and in case you didn't know, your Chinese zodiac is based off of your birth year, and the zodiac cycles every 12 years. So I guess it's similar to the Western zodiac in the same way that there's 12 signs and it's based off of the moon but I think that's kind of where the similarities end. But the last time that it was the Year of the Dragon, I believe that was 2012. And then it was 12 years before that and so on and so forth. So in short, you're a dragon if you were born in 1988, 2000, 2012, and every 12th year in that pattern. For anyone who's wondering, I am a rabbit, so I thought it would be fun to look up the horoscope for this year. So if Chinese astrology is to be believed, the dragon represents strength, good fortune, and success, meaning this year is expected to be a year of opportunity and career success. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's hope and pray, guys. But according to Chinese astrology, every zodiac's year will have an overall good or bad fortune depending on your zodiac and the zodiac year. So for the dragon, the monkey, rat, and rooster signs are expected to have a great year, but dog, tiger, and ox signs are expected to have a more challenging year. For me, apparently, the year of the dragon will have me seeing a stable financial situation as a rabbit, I should see minor changes at work as chances for growth and improvement. The year of the dragon will also bring romance and happiness, but it warns that I may still feel lonely at times. So overall, it's sounding like I'm in for a very neutral year. But guys, I love Lunar New Year, and I, I always have, or at least I think I have. <laughs> My family isn't Asian, so we don't have any familial traditions for the Lunar New Year. But since I was always doing Chinese dance since I was a kid, I've always associated Lunar New Year with friends, festivals, and an overall good time. Usually good food is mixed in. Sometimes it's not, but nah. So in light of the Lunar New Year, I thought it would be fun to share some of my fondest Lunar New Year memories that come to mind. Most of these stories, I would say, are pretty lighthearted and to my friends who are mentioned in these stories, I am wondering if you remember these because some of these stories have been existing in the back of my mind for all these years. So in high school, my dance school's Lunar New Year show wasn't always exclusively just our school. My school would often pair up with other schools in the area or just kind of in the general Phoenix area, I believe. For a good while, we had a choir and sometimes we had a youth orchestra play. In the early years, we had some martial arts school perform in our show. 
I believe in the really early years, we had that face-changing guy. At some point, we had a show choir, I believe. It was kind of all over the place, to be quite honest. But in my last couple of years before high school graduation, my school joined up with this group of Chinese acrobats. Now, I'm not super sure if Lights of the World is a thing in other places or how many other places it's a thing, rather, because I do believe that they do tour parts of the U.S., but I really am not sure where in the U.S. they hit up, but Phoenix has traditionally been one of those places that they hit up. But if you don't know what Lights of the World is, it is this traveling Chinese lantern festival slash event. They have street food, both Chinese and American, and lanterns, and that's mostly it. But they also have this acrobatic show. And the acrobats that we got to perform at our show were those acrobats, the Lights of the World acrobats. I'll actually link some of the acts in the description for funsies. So the acrobats performed in our show for two years just because their schedule tended to align with when we were having our performance. But the first time we had them was the year that we did Huayao Hua. So that was when I was a junior in high school. And if you recall from the previous episode, Huayao Hua was going through some production troubles, shall we say? Shall we call them that? So clearly I was very occupied with not the acrobats. And the only thing they kind of need to know for what I'm about to, to tell you is our character of Tina. If you remember Tina, she was a year older than me and she was a very good dancer, took the acting part of dance very seriously. And she was hosting, I'm not even sure if hosting is the right word for it, but they, but she was calling for these extra huayahua practices backstage. So that first year, we definitely recognized that the acrobats were there and we committed some of their faces to memory apparently, but it was more of a blip in the consciousness. But it was the second year that we were very much more aware of these acrobats and we even recognized some of them from the previous year. So the second year that they performed, it was 2018, and we were hyped for these acrobats. And in retrospect, I also think it didn't hurt that we found these acrobats low-key sort of hot. <laughs> I can't even say that with a straight face, guys. <laughs> ah. So I remember during a rehearsal, my friend, my friend was just being silly. And while we were exiting the stage wings after our last run through, she literally ran to the door that connected the wings to the rest of the backstage because firstly, it was dinner time and the stage rehearsal was over. So everyone would be vacating the stage. But I guess while specifically me and my three other friends were leaving, the acrobats were also making a move towards the door Hence my friend's little, little run there. So she literally holds this door open and my friends and I are watching her 
in the hallway off to the side so that we weren't blocking the rest of the hall. And my friend held this door for a while. And the acrobats did not use the door. And I remember once my friend finally gave it the towel. My friends and I teased her for a good while after that. And now that I'm thinking about it, I bet if I mentioned this to her, okay, scratch that. Everybody who was, all my friends who were there for this event, I bet if I mentioned this to them, no one has any recollection of this. So this has just been existing in the back of my mind for all of these years. This was 2018, and now it is 2024. A moment of silence for, for this existing in the back of my mind. But back to the story, for the most part, the acrobats and us dancers, there was a very clear divide between the two of us. We were both just keeping to our respective groups, for sure. But we were also definitely curious about the other group. So the acrobats were definitely paying close attention to the dances, or at least not all of the dances. I would say the dances that were not done by the really, really young kids. But we were very much giving laser great attention to the acrobats' acts. But we didn't actually interact with them at all. And part of that might have been language barrier, I think maybe I'm not sure if my mind is kind of playing tricks on me but I kind of remember maybe one of the acrobats either saying to my friend's face or to another acrobat that her dance was good but there was not in any interactions even if they were impressed with what we did or and we didn't really compliment them either I think the only time that they really I know that they really talked to us was them telling us to move because we were in in their way and they absolutely it wasn't it wasn't a rude move it was definitely within the right to tell these dancers to move they were 100% in the way but the point is we really didn't interact at all so the big performances that we had on the stage, we would get there early and there would be some sort of lights run through for the tech crew to figure out lighting and timing for music and everything. And then we would go into a dress rehearsal on the stage and run through the entire show and then there would be dinner and then there would be the actual performance. So during that stage dress rehearsal, this group of acrobats were sort of watching the show in this huddled group and they were sitting in the wings out of the way and my friend and I were waiting in the wings partially to watch part of the show because once we hit high school we didn't necessarily have a class mom to chaperone us it was more our responsibility to behave ourselves in the stage wings properly there was always someone to let us know when it was our time. But for the most part, it was on us to keep track of what act it was, where we were supposed to be when. And during the actual show, I would say our backstage volunteers were much more strict with during the show than they were during the rehearsals. So for us as performers, that stage rehearsal was more of a chance for us to kind of get to watch some of the show. So what that would mean is that if there was 
a particular act that we really wanted to see, we would go to the wings just to kind of watch, or we would show up a little bit before when we were supposed to be in the wings to watch. But we always had to be aware of where we were standing, which is pretty standard for anyone who has been in some sort of stage production with a wing. So this is more to justify why we were just sitting in the wings and recording part of the show from the wings. (laughs) So my friend and I, we were standing in the wings waiting for our dance, but we were also, I think, I believe we got there early because we wanted to see one of the acrobats act and and we wanted to record some of it so that we can enjoy it later and show the rest of the group that were in the dressing room or changing or whatever. But while we were waiting, we also took notice of the acrobats who were huddled in the wings, and we very quickly recognized one person. And this was the guy that one of my friends, I'm not quite sure who, but she dubbed this one individual hot guy. Super clever pseudonym. And just so you know, yes, we did give all of the acrobats pseudonyms. I don't remember all of them, but hot guy was is the one that we're focusing on right now. And so one of my friends, Yang Jiwen, we'll call her, she quit before this performance, but her mom was still helping out backstage, I believe. So she dropped by before the performance to say hi. When she found us in the wing, we were so eager to point out the hot guy. And I remember Yang Jiwen, literally the most conspicuous way possible, looked to the group of acrobats, located the hot guy, turns back to us, and then she goes, I don't get it. And we told her that we supposed that she had to get a closer look to get it. So naturally, instead of shrugging and taking our word for it, she literally approached the general area of the acrobats, discreetly this time, and just stared at them up close. (laughs) And then she comes back And she's like, yeah, actually, you're right. (laughs) So here we are, giggling over the hot guy, but also over Yang Jinglen's maneuvers to agree with the pseudonym. And we are just not being subtle about it at all. We were being quiet enough that we weren't told to shut up. But people around us very clearly knew that we were giggling about something, and if they put a little bit of thought into it, it's the acrobats. So this is where Tina comes in. Tina approaches us and she just gives us this silent and questioning look. So we told her that we were shamelessly staring at the acrobats, verbatim I believe. Very subtly and very regally, she looks at the group of acrobats, turns back and she was facing the wings, shoulders back, back straight, neck tall, very regal posture, And she calmly says, I expect nothing else. But she said it so approvingly. (laughs) The funny part is, is that Tina had an air about her that ranged from regal to stuck up, depending on the situation. And I guess depending on whom she was around. So the fact that she sort of approved of our giggling, to this day, it still makes me laugh. (laughs) Somehow, that's not even the best part. After the performance, 
usually family and friends would come up to the stage or try to take group photos, whatever, pretty casual stuff. And I remember my friends and I, we had finished taking our photos with our families, any guests that we had who came to the show, that we invited to come to the show, etc. And we were heading back to our dressing rooms to gather our stuff and leave. And we saw some of the acrobats just existing in this chaos. So we took a pause just to, just to stare, I guess. And one of my friend's mom asks us if we want to take a photo with the acrobats. So naturally, we all said absolutely yes. So our friend's mom asks the acrobats to take a photo with us. And the people who were in my dance class, who were also within a general enough vicinity to be aware of what was happening, just jammed into our photo. <laughs> And I think this might have been like a handful, a couple people, but it's still really funny to me. And in case anyone was wondering, I can point out the hot guy in that photo still to this day. Uh, I actually wonder for my friends who were dancing with me at the time, if they can recognize the hot guy or if, to be quite honest, if they remember this, any of this little anecdote. They definitely remember the acrobats. They had they had to remember something about the acrobats because we, my friends and I, we went to see Lights of the World. I want to say either a week or a couple of days before this performance. And we definitely have photos from that. And the acrobats are associated with Lights of the World. So... I am not sure how much they remember about the acrobats. I should ask and see, or alternatively, if I haven't asked, and one of y'all are listening, do you guys remember any of this? <laughs> Overall, I would say Lunar New Year, at the very least from middle school to high school, was roughly the same in that we had this big performance so if I dig deep enough in my memory, I have no doubt that I will come up with another anecdote from those years. But keeping with memories that exist in the back of my mind and I think about from time to time and have never failed to at least make me smile, I guess it doesn't take a genius to think that if I went out of state that... Lunar New Year was going to be different in university. But to talk in specifics, for one, I was in basics, so uh, I don't want to say no more Chinese dance because that is a lie, but I wasn't doing Chinese dance primarily. And obviously, no more hot acrobats, sadly, but... My first year in university, I was having sort of a hard time around Lunar New Year. And most of that, I would say, was because I was recovering from a very nasty cold. So I just wasn't having the best of times. But second year, I wasn't sick. I was very healthy. And that made Lunar New Year a lot more fun. And... It was my only proper basic Lunar New Year performance 
mostly because the subsequent years got severely impacted by COVID. The third year, we had a planned pre-recorded video because of the pandemic. And then in my fourth year, we, we were going to have a regular stage performance with people in the audience. But because there was a flare-up of COVID again in January-ish, the event organizers just decided to switch to another pre-recorded video. And if I actually recall at the time, the options were to either reschedule the event, in which case it was very likely we would have the event outside, which was not favorable because I, at that point, had my Chinese dance club. And we... Most of my dancers were dancing barefoot, and from experience, dancing barefoot in the general outside was unpleasant. It was going to be unpleasant, so I remember I voted to keep the same date because I knew that we would at least be inside, but that was the other option. So basically, neither of these options were great. I guess what I'm trying to say is that my final two years kind of sucked in regards to dancing and performing. But part of the reason why that sucked so much is because Lunar New Year has probably one of the most hype audiences of the performances I've done in university. So it's pretty disappointing. I want to put more on this backstory now that I'm thinking about it. So fourth year was a little bit chaotic because they switched to a recording format at kind of the last minute, but even though third year, we knew going into teaching the dances for the Lunar New Year show that it was going to be pre-recorded, that year definitely came with its own set of chaos. (laughs) For one, the winter storm definitely impacted stuff. Some people in some dances were absolutely not being team players. Some people got sick, and it wasn't really their fault that they were missing practice, but definitely added to the chaos. I believe there was confusion on where we were filming. It was, <laughs> looking back at it, now that I'm, it's been three years, I can laugh. But at the time, I remember being stressed. <laughs> And also, because we were filming outside, we part of the situation came was that we had outfit changes between different between dances, and we had to do that with very little covering, so less than ideal. And also, we mostly learned and cleaned our dances over Zoom, so. It was sort of a mess and not, and it wasn't necessarily anybody's, any singular person's fault, but it just, unfortunate guys, unfortunate. But you know what? We're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the one Lunar New Year performance that I remember fondly because I wasn't sick and it was in person. Let me take you back to early 2020, pre-pandemic 2020. The Any Song Challenge was made a thing because of Hwasa and Zico's video. And Basic did a compilation of Any Song Challenge. And I'll link that below for funsies. 
it is early 2020. So COVID is only really a concern in Wuhan and it hasn't hit it big yet in the US. As for me, I was performing in three out of six basic dances, as well as directing a small Chinese dance that was formed out of a group of people from basic, but wasn't associated with basic. And just as a fun fact, we were having sort of a bad time with some of basic's leadership, but what I didn't know at the time was that somehow this year would actually start a pattern where I would do a Chinese dance for Lunar New Year until I graduated. At university, we had a Korean culture night and a Lunar New Year show. Both of these performances fell within one to two weeks of each other, I would say. Minus the COVID years, <laughs> that is. Since these two shows were very, very close together in time, the sets basically overlapped. We usually added one to two more Chinese-based dances for the Lunar New Year show for diversity. So it wasn't just K-pop, but that just meant that our set would be changed by one or two dances. But depending on the date of Lunar New Year, LNY and KCN would be flipped for 2020. I believe the Lunar New Year was later in that it was February, early February. So we had KCN a couple of weeks before LNY. Fun fact, KCN that year had boxed meals from a Korean barbecue place. I remember after that performance, they had so much leftover food that they encouraged people to come back for as many boxes as people could carry because they literally had whole ass medium-sized cardboard boxes amount of food to give away. I mean, literally everyone who was still there kind of swarmed them because, you know, free food, free cream barbecue food even. Everyone in my group didn't want to look too shameless. The social norm was to only to grab like two to three boxes. But I had my backpack on me, so I literally packed my backpack full with the extra food and then also carried the two to three boxes so that when I was leaving, it looked like I had an acceptable amount. <laughs> my roommate and I feasted off of that food for a little bit. I wouldn't say that servery food at my university was disgusting, but with the KCN leftovers, I was eating particularly well. A more relevant note on KCN, the main event of KCN is this masked singer competition. They had little acts from the Korean Student Association, and the MCs hosted challenges like Pulak Noodle Eating Challenge, but KCN always invited BASIC to perform. The problem was is that if your main event is this masked singer competition, the stage did not have to be very big. So that was very unfortunate for us because that meant we were performing on a fairly tiny sliver of stage. But for LNY, one of the main events was actually basic. So the stage was on the bigger side. I wouldn't say that basic was the reason why 
LNY had a bigger stage, but LNY rather had more dance acts that would benefit from a larger stage. So for the 2020 Lunar New Year season, since KCN was a couple weeks earlier, it was actually a very easy adjustment to the LNY stage dimensions because sometimes BASIC would have to go from LNY stage dimensions to tiny KCN stage dimensions and anyone who has ever had to be aware of space before knows that going bigger to smaller is so much harder than the other way around. So we were pretty lucky that year. But still, in terms of ideal space to dance, this stage was overall on the smaller side still for LNY. So this meant that we could not have an unlimited amount of dancers in each dance, which in general was kind of how the other cycles worked. I believe the maximum number of dancers was 10 people just because the KCN stage was so small. And one thing you take note is that the stage wasn't necessarily just empty. The edges of the stage, I believe, had sometimes mic stands. The corners definitely had speakers. So even with the bigger stage, we still had, we couldn't use all of the stage. So we had a rehearsal the night before the performance. It was called a stage rehearsal, okay? We had been practicing within the dimensions of the stage since post-KCN. So this rehearsal was basically us getting used to the fact that there was actually a stage and a change in elevation. But we go into the, the RMC, which was the student center, and go into the grand hall, which is the room that the event was going to happen and all the chairs were lined up and there was no stage. The stage was just marked out with tape. And I remember just kind of being like, why are we here? Why is this necessary? For basic, you know, it didn't matter very much if the stage was there or not because we had been practicing within the stage limitations. We didn't have any props, so it wasn't going to be very hard to adjust to everything when we were actually just performing. But for my Chinese dance, we had umbrellas that we would be swinging around. There were five of us. I was nervous. So I just remember, at least in terms of basic, being sort of annoyed that we were there. Kind of like, why, why, why are we here? I mean, I don't have anything better to do. But why isn't there a stage? They said that they would get the stage in the following day. And if any group really wanted to practice on the stage before the show, we had to email whoever was in charge of, I guess, group coordinations. And I don't know. I just remember being confused why there was no stage. <laughs> and I just want to acknowledge that I understand that it, this wasn't the organizer's fault fully. And again, I, I didn't have anything better to do. But, I mean, it's sort of like, what do you mean there isn't a stage for the stage rehearsal? Let's talk about some day of stuff. I kind of touched on this earlier, but unlike at KCN, there were a lot of other performers. So LNY was another 
event where you could get dinner and a show. And for KCN, all there were not a lot of performers. So if you're a performer, you got to eat for free. LNY, as I there are more acts, more groups performing, and they tend to be, you know, a lot larger groups. So general performers got their dinner at a discounted rate, but directors got a free meal. And since I was in charge of the Chinese dance, that meant I got a free meal. <laughs> and it was great. For the basic Instagram, we always took a group photo either before or after any given performance. Or at least pre-COVID, we did. This tradition kind of went away once COVID happened. But for this LNY, we were taking a group picture for basic during the little intermission of the show, I believe. And <laughs> I, I laugh just thinking about this. But there are two pictures. One where, you know, everyone is smiling at the camera. It's a regular group photo. And then there's the second photo. So this first year, after the first photo is taken, is telling us that she needs to run back to her dorm because she needs to change her shoes. And I remember a lot of us who overheard this were thinking, I mean, it wasn't that big of a deal. Her shoes were fine. And then she lifts up her foot and literally the sole of her shoe detached from the rest of it. It was, this was something that Toph from Avatar The Last Airbender would wear. And this photo, the second photo, depicts this first year lifting up her foot to reveal that her shoe was literally falling apart. And everyone's reaction. And it's funny because everyone who was on the right side of the photo, who was nearest to this first year, had very extreme reactions to this shoe. The further left you go, the more mild their reactions were. And you can just see how the realization was traveling from the right to the left side of the group. And this photo just took took the picture where the realization just hit the middle of the group. So it's so funny. It's this dichotomy where half, literally half of the group is looking in shock at the shoe and is generally freaking out. And the middle half is looking in surprise at the shoe and the far left just almost has no reaction. <laughs> we did allow her to run back to her dorm to get a proper shoe that was not falling apart. So that year, we did a cover of Clap by Seventeen. I love it. A one million choreography by Yun Jinwoo, Fancy by Twice, Qinghua Zi, another one million choreography by Jin Liu, Butterfly by Luna, and Dropping by Super M. I was in Fancy, Qinghua Zi, and Butterfly, and I will link our performance video in the description as well. So Basic had these black and white bandanas that were kind of used for performances only and it was definitely a sort of rental thing and Basic later changed the logos. So these bandanas are outdated now and post-pandemic, I believe that the box of these bandanas were just kind of 
losses from what I understand, but those of us who had the bandanas on us before we could return them, lockdown happened. So we basically just stole these bandanas and I'm not quite sure where mine is right now. But I had my bandana tied around my thigh right where my shorts ended. And I didn't have any problems with this before, but the bandana literally fell down during Tsinghua Zi, during the part where we're in the circle formation. And in the circle formation, we kind of, we rotated the circle. That was the formation. And I started in the front and ended up on the side. And I made eye contact with one of my friends as the bandana was falling down. And I remember actively thinking, I need to remain calm because if I let on that something is happening, people are going to realize. No one knows what's happening right now. So I need to calm down. But as I'm thinking this, I'm making eye contact with my friend. My eyes are widening in shock because I was facing the side. So I knew the audience was not going to be focusing on me. And my friend, I'm making eye contact with my friend. And she is just giggling. I remember her giggling about it later. <laughs> but I did end up being able to ditch my bandana during Butterfly. I could see myself sort of step out of the bandana when I'm off to the side during Butterfly. But speaking of Butterfly, for some reason, I was giving off main character energy. And I'm sort of joking, but I was, I believe, the only one to wear shorts in that dance. And I was friends with the person who was responsible for editing and shooting the recordings for the YouTube. And he showed me the raw of this video. And I don't know what was going on with the camera settings. Maybe the exposure was up too much. I'm not quite sure. But my legs in this raw video were blindingly white. We still joke about my blindingly white legs to this day. Now is the time where I remind you that I'm an Arizona girly. So by virtue of living in a desert, I am a bit tanned. I'm not super tanned. I look like a person who gets a healthy amount of sunlight if I lived in a non-desert location of the U.S. And I guess... I look like someone who just doesn't leave the house much for someone who lives in Arizona. But the point is, is that I am not a blindingly pale person. I do not have a very pale complexion. But this raw video 100% made me look like I was blindingly pale. Like that was my complexion. My friend says he still has the raw on his computer or Google Drive or something, but I, I don't need to see that video to remember how blindingly white my legs were. Okay, so dropping was the finale of our set, and the stage had two speakers in the front corners. The stage during the chorus was shaking so hard that the speakers were intensely wobbling, and to give you a visualization, this is kind of like an earthquake simulation. It's the best way I can describe how, how vigorously the stage was shaking. And I was standing with some of my friends, and it was very easy to notice that the speakers were 
dangerously wobbling back and forth as the stage shook vigorously. And a couple of first years very clearly saw, you know, the speakers, and they tried to prevent at least one of them from crashing forward and probably injuring someone. I'm not quite sure how much they prevented that situation, but the stage's shaking was not so vigorous to actually tip over both of the speakers. So no one got hurt, but it was very intense. But we're kind of nearing the time that I kind of, that I like to keep these episodes. And I also wanted to keep this episode more, I didn't want to be super complaining in this episode. So I'm not, so again, I am not talking about subsequent to Lunar New Year's. I mean, I do have good memories associated with them, but I I think I have more things to complain about the subsequent two years than I have praises or just lighthearted anecdotes. So the question remains, what am I doing for Lunar New Year this year? Well, okay, since writing this script, some things have changed some things have changed so much guys (laughs) but when we got back from Christmas New Year holiday things immediately changed and I can't help feel like I I inadvertently caused this but that's besides the point I am back doing Chinese dance at a studio as we all know So I didn't know this at the time when I was writing the script, but I'm recording this episode a lot later than from when I wrote the script. But by the time this episode comes out, I will have performed at at Phoenix Chinese Week on, I believe, the third. And I mean, my homework over the Christmas, New Year holiday break was to remember this long list of solos, partially for this big performance that we have coming up in March. And I am doing two dances for Lunar New Year. Mixed feelings. But obviously, I do not know how this event went because I'm recording this in January, a month before this performance. And once it happens, I am, I'm sure I'll talk about it. I'm definitely going to talk about the changes that happened once I came back, once we came back for the new year. (laughs) But one of the dances that I will be, or technically will have performed is this fan dance that I was working on in August, September-ish. And I have not touched that since August, September-ish. The first time I did that dance since August, September-ish was the 14th of January. And guys, it was rough. And right now, I have one class in between now and this performance. So hopefully, I will be performance ready. Hopefully, my butt will be in shape by the time I, I perform. I have mixed feelings on doing a dance I haven't really worked on and the set list just kind of got finalized relatively recently. It's not a question of memorization. It's more of, is my dance performance ready? And 
I, I, the answer for that at this current moment while I'm recording this episode is, is an absolute no. But I'm sure that it was acceptable. I mean, that's my guess right now. But that's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening and come back next week for another episode of Freestyle Thoughts, a dance podcast.